if I found myself to be lukewarm and I think to myself, well, now I'm in entire despair. There used to be a time where I loved Jesus with all of my heart. My works used to bear that out. And now it's not that way. What do I do? Well, don't be in endless despair, dear listener. Listen up for the remedy to lukewarmness. I'm glad that you joined uh, God's Resistance here, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. And we are talking today about the remedy for lukewarmness. And we have been using as our text, as our area of examination, Revelation 3, 14 to the end, which we are going to do right now. We're going to look there and we'll read it again. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So here we are, uh, Revelations 3, 14 through the end again. We aren't just always interested in what we think about how things go, though there is pretty good opinions if people are biblically literate, meaning that they understand the Bible, they've read it through and through. We also just want to see what does Jesus say about all this? And so he talks about a remedy for lukewarmness. If you have not fully understood what it means to be a lukewarm Christian, then check out the video about what it means to be a lukewarm Christian. Check out this whole playlist, and I'll put links uh, probably one of those card things up in the screen or maybe a link in the description um, you know, for you to check that out. But we're talking about the remedy here today, the remedy for poverty. That was one of the first things Jesus said, that people were poor. They were poor when they were a lukewarm Christian. And what his directions were was, buy gold tried in the fire. What does that help us to understand? Well, it's helping us to understand something that God has a way. He said, buy the gold tried in the fire. Don't buy this new metal, this strange stuff of the world, the little jewels and trinkets of the world, but buy the tried and true gold of God that has been tried in the fire. And that helps us to realize that God has a way. And in Jeremiah, he said, seek out the old paths and walk therein. That which is tried and true should be our aim. Everybody is, is, is like almost tired of, oh, this is so old and we need something new. Instead of just thinking, what has been the truth? What has worked all throughout the ages? Why do we have to reinvent the wheel again when God has a stable plan of redemption for individuals and for entire groups of people and for the whole world? We don't need to. We need to seek out the old paths, the gold that has been tried in the fire, and we need to move from there. So what true revivals and awakenings have taken place 
as a result of our ingenuity. If you read anything in, in, in extra biblical history, you will find that revival started with prayer, with repentance, with preaching the word of God, kind of going back to the basics again and saying, this is what God's word says. But there's been no revival of religion that has happened by ingenuity. There may have been excitement and all sorts of other things, but nothing that could properly be called a revival of religion or a revival, a personal reviving of someone's heart if they've grown cold. So we must recognize that you and I are bankrupt and in Christ uh, is all the treasures we need to upbuild his kingdom. In Christ is what I need, not something else, not a new self-help book or some guru to tell me whatever. It's in Christ. So I've got to go back to him in repentance. We will not improve upon God's way. So Jesus said, by the gold tried in the fire, we would do well to listen to him. Also, he said, or talked about God's power. We need God's power. God is not looking for celebrity pastors, but surrendered, spirit-filled pastors. God's not looking for emotionalism, lights, the atmosphere, the nice church worship band. Worshiping in spirit and in truth is what the Lord is looking for. We need far more of a reliance upon the power of the risen Christ. We need to put more stock in prayer. We need to be spending more time in earnest, focused prayer, expecting God to move. And when you look at any revival of religion, that's what happened. They got so sick of the conditions that they were in. They sought God and they said, we need you. We need you to step in. And then they confessed out the condition of their own cold heart, where their works did not line up with God, where their heart was neither cold nor hot. They confessed it to God and they found God gracious that he restored them and that he filled them afresh with his spirit and a fire of truth then started to spread all around them. We need to depend upon God a whole lot more instead of all the newest programs, the newest methodologies or whatever. Let's just look to, for the methodology that is in the Bible. <clears throat> we don't need new methods of church uh, government. We don't need new methods of church outreach. This is a huge thing. Church outreach, it's like, you know, we can't simply just go out and tell people the gospel. I mean, we couldn't possibly just tell them about how we used to be a sinner and God brought us under conviction and changed our hearts. That would be a little too direct and offensive. That's the Bible method, though. Uh, we're trying to go through the back door because the cross is uncomfortable to bear. So we try to be winsome and all this. The thing is, the world's not winsome. They're playing to win. And if we're going to win, we need to play to win as Christians. Be frank. Declare the gospel. Speak it with joy on your face and in your heart. And don't back down and be real to God. We don't need new methods of church outreach. We don't need new methods of church music. Oh, well, people don't want to hear the old hymns anymore. People don't like things like psalms. So we've got to make it hip and cool. Meanwhile, we've got guys in skinny jeans giving us TED Talks, and we're so void of the power of God, we're in big trouble. The remedy is not to change the music. The remedy is to pray and press into God and have him change people's hearts. I remember when I first got saved, I thought, Lord, I need to know uh, uh, something else different than I have right now because inherently I understand I shouldn't be listening to this music that I used to listen to before I was saved. But also, Lord, all of my or all of my actions or um, 
associations with any church stuff in the past where I've heard hymns being sung has been so old and dead. I, I, I think I should like that, but Lord, I can't like it. And then I went somewhere where people actually believed the gospel, where people actually believed what they were singing. I saw the joy all over their face and God made a change in my heart to like those things that were pleasing to him. So we don't need new methods of music to appeal to people's flesh. We need a new heart. We don't need a new worship experience. I've been into a church before. You walk in and there's this giant tower. It's a coffee tower. And you get there, prepare your coffee and talk. You go inside of the, the church there. Uh, the lights start to dim. The fog happens. And then you're just kind of swaying with a coffee in your hand, singing songs I've never even heard of before as they're displayed on the wall. I remember getting in the car after that and saying to the kids, kids, what did you think about that? One of my daughters said, I like the purple lights, Papa. And that's exactly what's going on. Is that the impression we want to leave? I like the purple lights. What a great performance. Or God was in our midst. Or the truth was preached. That should be our aim. So we don't need new methods for all that. We have God's method. And God's method is faithful preaching, expounding his word, line upon line, precept upon precept. It pleases God, we're told in the scriptures, by the foolishness of preaching to save people. What do we need to, how do we need to change that then? Like, what are we going to do that's going to make this any better? We're told, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. This is God's direction for the church. Not only to preach that sinners might be saved, but he wants us to preach inside the church, to reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. This is God's direction for the church. We also need proper church discipline. We, we've gotten to a place right now where it's like, oh, don't, don't say these things to people. We might offend them and whatever. And we're not just trying to be offensive for offensive sake. We're trying to be true and real. But we need to have true church discipline because we've got a bunch of people that are not saved in charge of churches that are not spiritual people doing God's work and they don't even meet the qualifications of scripture. And then we're wondering, why are things so bad? Why are things so messed up? Well, it's because the wrong people are at the wrong places. We need to go back to a simple church discipline. We need to pick out qualified leaders for bishops, for elders and deacons. And we can find that in 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 7. Uh, there's the criteria for the bishop. We can find also in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 12, the criteria for a deacon. They should be a spiritual and holy people that their works follow. We don't want to have a bunch of fakers up there. We want people that are tried and true. And he said, buy the gold that's been tried in the fire. This is the gold. He said, a remedy for the nakedness is to buy white clothing. Get saved through the blood of Christ. Say goodbye to this decisionism. Just accept Christ and fill out a card. No, respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit with repentance, with faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. So many people in the visible church these days are not even born again. They've never repented. They don't know what it means to be saved. We need to get a holy heart. Don't stay in the lowlands of a carnal Christian Christianity. Experience the fullness of the Spirit. And the fullness of the Spirit has been said many different ways. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the rest of faith, entire sanctification, the crucified life, the deeper life, second blessing holiness, or just heart holiness and the holiness of life and heart. 
And experience isn't going to fix everything. That's the entrance in, but we have a life to live it out and to walk it out. Get a holy heart. Walk in holiness. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Live out the indwelling life of Christ in increasing practical awareness. Let him leaven the whole. Without this clothing, we're going to live in shame. He said the, the remedy for blindness is get eye salve. In other words, you should just be reading the Bible. You should be reading good spiritual books that are truthfully expounding the Bible. Stop reading trash. Stop listening to the trashy, shallow preaching of many things that come out today and find somebody that is expounding the Bible. Get your eyes with the eye salve on so you can see again. Listen and obey the loving rebukes of God. When we need to repent, we need to repent of a cold and a dead heart. We need a renewed zeal. We need to turn from all that has been lukewarm in the works of our life. Are, are, we, are we doing things that we shouldn't be doing? Things that before we had a conviction about and now somehow we're back into it again and we've grown cold? Repent and do the first works. You know, and when you're turning from those lukewarm works, itemize them. It's way harder to turn back um, from things when we name them out one by one. It's so much harder to do that because then we feel the shame of each and every action. I would encourage you to do that thing. Burn all the bridges for retreat. You're not going back. You're going to go forward with Jesus and then have true fellowship with Christ. He said he stands at the door. He's knocking. We have to let him in. He must dwell within us. We need to court him as our indwelling Lord and master. No more do we have to call to him down from the highest heaven or call him up from the lowest hell. He is nigh thee, even in your very heart. The true fellowship with Christ was the power of the early church. People recognized when those, when those men had been with Jesus. Well, what is the result of taking this remedy? You have a continual overcoming spirit if you take the remedy for lukewarmness. And you have that continual overcoming spirit as you are surrendered and you abide in him. Sin is no longer your constant defeat. A life of continual sinning and repenting has been killed, slain. I mean, that doesn't mean that if you step off the side, you shouldn't repent. You should. But a life where that's normal, that's not good. You sit on the throne with Christ, we're told here, ruling and reigning with him right now as the kingdom is conquering in this life and certainly after when everything is consummated and there's a new heaven and a new earth then uh, that wherein dwells nothing but righteousness, we're going to rule and reign with Christ even there. And then we need to take the personal responsibility. Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Our ability to hear is so crucial. Hearing is not just auditory, but it results in practical obedience. You need to listen to God. I need to listen to God in order to obey. Are, have you been lukewarm? Did you feel, feel like you didn't know the way out? Well, I hope that as you were listening to this, you find that there is a remedy and Jesus has given the remedy. Take Jesus' remedy. Buy the gold that's been tried in the fire. Get clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. Visit godsresistance.com for resources and other ways to contact us. We're out on the Wilkes-Barre Public Square every Wednesday at 5 p.m. and every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. singing gospel songs and preaching out in the open air, and we would love to see you there.